Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. Martin Luther King Jr. made a statement that has become one of the most iconic statements in the world when he said, I have a what? I have a dream. He had a dream that was worth living for. More importantly, he had a dream that was worth dying for. He had a dream big enough to outlive who he was and what he was currently doing. And so today I want to talk to you about the power of a dream. Turn to the person next to you and say, there is power in a dream. And as we talk about dreaming today, I want you to understand that God will give you a dream for your life that goes beyond where you currently are. The Bible says in Ephesians, the third chapter, verse 20, it says, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. So let's break this down. God is able. Somebody say God is able. God's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above everything that you can ask or think, but it is your responsibility to ask, and it is your responsibility to think. Some people limit their life because they have a limited imagination. They cannot see anything better than where they are. They cannot see more than they currently have. They cannot see anything greater than their current condition or circumstance. But what I want you to understand that is if you will allow God to paint a picture on the canvas of your heart of who he's called you to be and why you are here, then it will give you fuel to go beyond your current circumstance. But you have to have a dream. Turn to the person next to you and say, you've got to have a dream. So as we talk about dreams this morning, we need to look at Joseph. When he was taken into Egypt, they gave him the nickname Zaphnaphaneah, which means the revealer of mysteries. They called him Zaphnaphaneah because he not only had the ability to interpret dreams, but God would give him dreams. And I believe that through the power of the Spirit, God has given each and every one of us the ability and the power to have a dream for our life, a dream for our family, a dream for our church, something that gets us up in the morning, a a dream worth living for, but also a dream that can outlive us. So I want to go to Genesis, the 37th chapter, and we're going to look at a portion of Joseph's dream, and I want you to understand that this dream impacted his life in a huge way. This dream completely changed the direction of his life, and that's what we're going for. We're going for a God-given, a God-centered dream that will change the direction of our life. I'm not interested in what I can come up with on my own. I'm not interested in my own personal vision for my personal life. I want to know, God, what are you saying for me, and why have you placed me here on planet Earth? You do understand that you're not here by accident. You are here by design. There is a reason for your life. God has something amazing for 
you. And that's what we want to start tapping into because if I can see it, it'll give me something to hold on to. It'll become fuel for my future so that when I go through things in my life that don't make sense, and how many of you know you're going to go through things in life that don't make sense? When I go through those moments that don't make sense, I still have a dream to hold on to, a dream to pull me from where I am into where God wants to take me. So let's look at Genesis 37 together. We're going to start reading in verse 2. And the Bible says, these are the generations of Jacob. Now, what I want you to see is God started a family with a man named Abraham. He said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make your family a great nation. And from that nation, I'm going to bring someone into the earth that will bless all nations. That's a huge responsibility. That's a big dream. And it all started with this man named Abraham who had a son named Isaac, and then Isaac had a son named Jacob, and that's who we're looking at right now. It said, these are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bela and Zilpha and his father's wives. He was how old? 17 years old. So let's just stop there. And I want you to understand, you're never too young to have a dream. But on the flip side of that coin, I want you to know that you are never too old to have a dream. Because here, Joseph is only 17, but his forefather Abraham was up there in age let's just say he was well seasoned he had some life behind him when he had his dream God is the God of dreams God is the God of vision and God wants to meet with you no matter how old you are no matter how young you are no matter what you've been through and he wants to give you a dream turn the person next to you and say he wants to give you a dream. So we carry on. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel, this is Jacob. God changed his name to Israel. Verse 3, now Israel loved Joseph more than any of, of the other sons because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf rose and stood upright, and behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brothers said to him, are you indeed to reign over us? Or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. There are two fights we will all have to fight in this life. One fight will be the fight to keep you from ever having a dream in the first place. The enemy will come at us through maybe the way we were brought up or maybe a traumatic event that we have walked through. And he will try to find something to captivate our mind so that we do not have the ability to dream because he knows that the dream will pull us into our purpose. And the number one thing that the enemy want to, wants to stop about you is 
your purpose. He does not want you to become the person that God has called you to be. So he will do everything he can. He will throw everything at you that he can to stop that dream from existing. Because if he can stop the dream, he can stop you. Turn the person next to you and say, if he can stop the dream, he can stop you. Because you will never live beyond what you can see. Please hear that. It's very important. You will never live beyond what you can see. The reason so many people get stuck in certain lifestyles or bound by certain addictions and they think that this is how they will be for the rest of their life is because they cannot see anything better. Maybe their grandparents were caught up in a certain thing that their parents got caught up into and so they just think that's the natural course of life. They had to go through this, they had to go through this, and now I'm going to go through this. But I want you to understand that everything that you walk through is just a season and not a life sentence if you can have a dream, if you can have something to hold on to. And so he'll always come, the enemy will always come and try to fight you from ever getting a dream. But once you get a dream, then the fight comes to keep that dream alive. And he'll do everything he can to come at you to try to steal the dream, to try to squash the dream. Again, because he does not want you to become the person that God has designed you to become. And so when we look at the life of Joseph, who has this incredible dream as a young man, he goes and tells his brothers about it, and they're not excited. You you need to understand that not everybody is going to be as excited about your dream as you are. And you've got to be careful who you share your dream with, because there are people out there that are known as dream killers or dream crushers. And you've got to learn how to avoid or ignore these people at all costs. Your dream is too precious to allow someone, some man, or some woman to stand in between you and where God's taking you. So you've got to be very careful. When you have a dream, you've got to guard it. But Joseph goes and tells his brothers, and his brothers get ticked off. Can I say that in church this morning? Are you all alive out there? Are you breathing this morning? Just hold your hand up in front of your face and just make sure, I just want to make sure you're alive this morning. And so his brothers get mad and they decide we're going to throw him in a pit until we can figure out how, what we need to do with him. And so now Joseph, he's in this pit and they're discussing, should we kill him? Should we bring his life to an end? What, what do we need to do? And one of the brothers speaks up and says, let's not kill him. Let's sell him into slavery. And so the people that Joseph should have been able to trust are the ones that sold him out. And there seems to be a theme there in life that the people that you think you can trust or the people that you feel like you should be able to trust, sometimes they sell you out because they want to stop the dream. They, they want to bring the dream to nothing. And so now here's Joseph, he's, he's in slavery, but... While he's there, he finds the favor of God, because how many of you know the favor of God will find you wherever you are as long as you are in right position with God? The Bible teaches that mercy and goodness will follow me all the days of my life. I don't have to chase blessings because the Bible teaches if I am in proper alignment with God, that the blessings of God will actually chase me down and overtake me. Anybody want some blessings to start chasing you down and overtaking you? If you don't want it, bring it to me. I'll take every single bit of it. 
And so he's in this place of slavery. Doesn't really look like the dream that he had, Big Rich. And here's the thing. Life will not always look like your dream. Please hear what I'm saying. Your life will not always look like your dream. But you've got to learn how to live beyond what you see in the natural. I, re- I love the, the movie Bloodsport. Anybody remember Bloodsport with Jean-Claude Van Damme? I've I, I thought about doing the split for you, but I'm not going to do it because I want to keep this sermon moving. But in the, movie, in the movie, his trainer or his instructor starts blindfolding him and teaching him how to do life without his natural sight, which comes into, you know, in handy when, when he's fighting the big bad guy in the movie and the guy throws something in his face and he's like, oh, no, oh, I can't see that. You know, he can't see anything. But then he centers himself and he remembers that moment where he learned how to see without his eyes. Children of God, we have to learn how to see without our eyes. There's a difference between sight and vision. Sight is what I see in the natural. Vision is seeing from God's heavenly perspective. God wants to get us to the place where we're not moved by what we see in the natural, but we are moved by the dream that he has planted in my heart because it doesn't matter what's going on in my life. It doesn't matter if it doesn't currently look like the dream. I know that God is faithful, and if I'll stay focused on what he's planted in here, I know he'll bring it about, even if I have to walk through some stuff, even if I have to go into a pit, even if I have to go into slavery. So he's there, he's in slavery, and uh, his master's wife takes notice of him because Joseph was like a good-looking dude. Now, we, we don't know exactly what he looked like, but many theologians think he looked a lot like me. <laughs> Dark skin, barrel-chested, and very humble. That's Joseph. And I can tell you from experience, that's what the ladies like. <laughs> and so she, she takes, I'm glad that you're laughing now. She takes notice of Joseph and she's like, I want, I want a little piece of that Joseph kid. And so she starts making advances towards Joseph. And Joseph turns her down because he's a man of integrity. Hear hear what I'm saying. He chose to do what's right, even though he probably could have gotten away with it. Your dream has to be big enough to keep you on track when you have the option to go in the wrong direction. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because you will always have the opportunity to turn into the wrong direction. But if I have a dream, if I have a reminder of who I am in Christ Jesus and what he's called me to be, then that stuff becomes worthless. It may, it may be a little bit intriguing. It may be a little bit enticing. But my dream of who God has called me to be is bigger than anything that the world can offer me. And that's where you got to get, church. you got to get to this place to where your dream is bigger than anything that this life can offer you. So Joseph turns her down, but she keeps on pressing. She keeps on making her advances until one day he comes into the room and she makes an advance and it freaks him out bad enough to turn and run. But when he runs, she grabs a hold of his jacket and he basically runs out of his clothes. And so as he's running, she starts screaming because now she's embarrassed. And as she screams, help comes. 
And when they come into the room, she begins to tell them, here's what Joseph did. Joseph tried to take advantage of me, and this didn't go well for Joseph, and they threw him in prison. Doesn't look like the dream. It, it looks like a nightmare. It looks like a terrible situation, but in that place, in that desperate situation, Joseph held on to the dream. And in that place, he found favor. There were two men that had a dream that they couldn't figure out, and Joseph begins to explain to them what their dream means. And he tells them that when this happens and when you're released from prison, just remember me. But guess what? They don't remember him. And so Joseph is stuck in this desperate situation until one day Pharaoh has a dream that he can't figure out. And someone remembers, oh, yeah, there's this guy named Joseph. He's in the prison. He knows how to interpret dreams. And so Joseph is brought up. Joseph interprets the dreams of Pharaoh. And this positions Joseph to where now he is at second in command over all of Egypt. He steps into this realm to where now life is starting to look like the dream, but he had to go through a process. He had to go through some pain. He had to go through some struggles. And what I want you to understand is your dream has to be big enough to outweigh your struggle. Your dream has to be bigger than your pain. Your pet, your, 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 Dream has to be bigger than anything that would try to hold you or bind you or entice you. Your dream has to be bigger than any kind of addiction because you know there's something greater for me than what I am currently in. I may have found myself in a pit. I may have found myself in a place of bondage, but I'm not staying here because I have a dream. I've got something to live for. I've got something to wake up for. And what I want you to hear today is you have something to live for. You have something to wake up for. You just got to find out what that is. You've, you've got to find that dream for yourself. You've got to find that thing that God brought you into this earth for because it becomes fuel for your future. Somebody say fuel, fuel. for my future. It gives me the fuel I need when life doesn't look like I think it should look. It gives me the fuel to look beyond the current circumstance I am in, knowing that there's something better. And I don't know how many times in life my dream has pulled me out of that place of desperation because I know God's got something for me. God's got something for my family beyond what my family is currently going through. God's got something for my marriage beyond what we're currently going through. God's got something for my life beyond what I'm currently facing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That You've got to get a hold of that dream, and you can never let go of it. Somebody say, I have to have a dream worth living for. But the part that really excited me about this particular sermon is having a dream that will outlive you. A dream bigger than your current here and now, a, a dream that reaches from generations past into generations in the future. A, a dream that starts with a man named Abraham who's told that he's going to have a, a son that's going to become nations. Are you following this? On and on and on and on. I've got to have a dream that goes beyond my life. Somebody say I have to have a dream that goes beyond my life. 
See, you've you got to understand that life is like a relay race. And to really fully understand Scripture, you have to see Scripture as a relay race. It is one person or one generation or one family running in a direction until they reach this moment to where the baton is passed and now the next generation or the next person steps into their moment and keeps on running until the entire picture is put together. See, your life is not the entire picture, which should take some weight off your chest. Your life is not the entire picture. Your life is a piece, but it is a very significant piece of the picture because without your piece of the picture, the picture is incomplete. So the dream has to be generational. It has to start with Abraham, but even before Abraham. See, God tells Abraham, through you, the nations of the earth are going to be blessed, meaning through your family, I'm going to send a son who's going to be a savior. But this goes all the way back to Genesis. When Adam and Eve messed up, God steps in and says, I'm going to give you a dream. Here's the dream you need to hold on to. to. Even though you messed up, even though you sinned against me, I'm going to bring someone into the earth through a woman who's going to crush the head of the enemy. And generation after generation through Scripture, they are running in that direction of bringing the Savior of the world into the earth to do what he's been called to do. The Apostle Paul says this, one man sows, Another man waters, then God brings the increase. They all have the same dream. They're all dreaming of increase. But the only way for increase to happen is for this man to run his race of sowing so that this man can run his race of watering so that God can then do what only he can do. See, we want God to show up and do something for us, but we need to make sure that someone is here watering and somebody back here is sowing. Are you following what I'm saying? It's generational. It's beyond me. This person does what he's called to do so that this person can do what he's called to do so that then God can finally step in and do what only he can do. When John the Baptist comes on the scene, his entire purpose for living was to set the stage for Jesus' ministry. He was going to be a forerunner. He was going to let people know, hey, the kingdom's coming. Get ready. The man of the hour's coming. Get ready. And so when Jesus finally steps on the scene, John the Baptist makes this famous statement. He says, uh, he must increase, I must decrease. You ever heard that? Jesus must increase. I must decrease. And a lot of times we'll say this, and we say it out of the goodness of our heart. We'll say like, he needs to increase so that I can decrease. And what we mean by that is more of him, less of me, which is a, it's a good thought process. Like, I need more of him living in me and less of my flesh living. But that's not what John the Baptist was saying. John the Baptist was saying, I have run my race. I have set the stage. Now the man is here. It's time for me to pass the baton. I must decrease so that now he can run his race. But here's what's so cool. Once Jesus hangs on the cross and says, it is finished, what he's saying is my portion of the race is done, but now I'm passing the baton to the Holy Spirit and the church to finish the mission so that one day the picture will be complete. 
That's why he says, I am the light of the world. But then later he says, you are the light of the world. I'm running my race so that you can run your race. Church, we have to have a dream that goes beyond us and reaches into eternity. Generation after generation. And we've got to run our race so the next generation can run their race. That's how important you are. That's how important your family is because the life you live in faith right now is the life of faith that you can pass on to the next generation. The life of integrity that you live right now can be the life of integrity that you pass on to the next generation and it is continually setting the stage for the work of God to happen on this earth. As he is, the Bible says, talking about Jesus, as he is, so are we here in this earth. There is a work for us to do. There is a dream for us to pick up and run with. We have to do what God has called us to do. We've got to run our race. Turn to the person next to you, we've got to run our race. I hope you understand how important this is that you have the dream that God has for you to become that piece of the puzzle that is moving with the people forward. See, I understand and fully believe that God will accomplish whatever he intends to accomplish. So when I tell you what I'm about to tell you, please don't misunderstand me. God will do whatever he has set his mind to do. It just may not be with you. So Joseph is running a race that started long ago, living a dream that started long ago of a nation that would bring a savior, that would bring forgiveness, and that would develop a people to accomplish the will of God on earth. That's the dream he's running with. What if he, in the middle of his struggle, lets go of the dream? then there is no nation that brings about the Savior, that releases the Spirit, who builds the church. Now again, I believe that God would have accomplished it through a different venue or avenue. But that's huge. See, Abraham never saw nations. All he saw was a son. When we get to Joseph, they're still not nations, they're just brothers. But because Joseph was able to endure what he needed to endure, he, when, when the time comes, he steps into power. His brothers show up. They finally bow, fulfilling the dream. And because of Joseph, a nation was saved because when there was famine, Joseph had the plan because he was able to interpret the dream. Are you understanding how big that is? And hear what I'm saying. Your reward is determined based upon your portion of the race that you run with the dream that God's given you. The goal of standing before Jesus Christ one day and hearing him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, is based upon what you accomplished with the dream he gave you. I'm not going to take time to go through the parable of the talents right now in detail, but you should read it for yourself. The idea is the master, being God, gives people these talents, these gifts, you can say these abilities, you can say these dreams. And he says, I give you this based upon your 
ability, meaning God does not expect me to accomplish riches work. He's given me gifts according to my ability. He's given rich according to his ability. But when we all come together, work together, that's when the picture is fully seen, right? So God lays it out. I'm giving you this. I'm giving this person this. and I'm giving this person this. Well, when the master comes back and looks at what they did with what he gave them, he looks at one and he goes, man, you took the dream. You took the gift. You ran with it. You accomplished something. And you brought increase with it. And he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into my rest. Then he goes to the next person. You took the dream. You ran with it. You accomplished something. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. But then he gets to the person who sat on their dream. The person who never did anything with their dream. And he says, you're a wicked servant. Think about that. That's how important your dream is. Not just to have the dream, but to hold on to the dream and not let anything shake you off course. You can't let a man or a woman shake you off course. You can't allow a circumstance to shake you off course. You can't allow an opportunity that's going in the wrong direction to shake you off course because there will always be opportunities that try to pull you in the wrong direction. But your dream has to be strong enough to say, this is who I am. This is why I live. This is why I'm here. And I'm going to keep on running and pressing and moving until it is fully accomplished. And then the next generation will run with what I leave. See, Activation Church, we are building something here together, not just to reach our current space and our current world, but we are building something so that the next generation can step in and build something from what we have accomplished. And if we don't do what God has called us to do, then they have to step all the way back to where we left it. To where we missed the mark and then they have to run forward we can't do that we have to have a dream strong enough to carry us and propel us forward so that the next generation can do it see I understand my, my grandfather as a young man had dreams for his ministry and for his church the things that God had called him into and he would share these dreams with his church he would share these dreams with the family but many of the dreams he had he did not accomplish himself. Many of the dreams he had were accomplished through my father. But not all of the dreams my grandfather had were accomplished through my father. Some of the dreams my grandfather had for ministry are now being accomplished through us here today as Activation Church. Are you seeing how that works? The dream has to be so big it goes beyond me. The dream has to be so big it lives for me and it causes me to live for him. So how do I get this dream? We, we've talked about it. Like, I feel like you're, you're halfway excited about getting a dream. Like, got a couple of rounds of applause. Like, there's at least two people in the auditorium that all the clappers are at home watching online right now. They're dancing. I, I can see like right now they're doing the, the, the spirit dance at their house because they're so excited. But how do I get this dream? How I've, at me as an individual, how did I get my dream? The dream comes through relationship with the dream giver. The dream comes through getting into the word of God, which is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. 
It is the word that paints the picture on the canvas of my heart. I was talking to someone in between services, and they were asking me, and I was telling them, like, many times we think the dream is like this far-off distant thing, but really the dream is all about becoming who God has called you to be according to his word. And a scripture that one of the gentlemen brought up in between services was talking about how God makes the crooked path straight. Well, that's the dream. The dream is when I come to a crooked place that God's going to make it straight. The dream is that when I come to a place I don't understand that God's going to order my steps. The dream is that when I come up against a battle or a giant, God's going to step in and give me victory. That's the dream. The dream is I'm going to win. If the fight comes, I'm going to win. Because his word says that greater is he that is within me than he that is within the world. His word says that I am more than a conqueror. And the more I get of his word and the more time I spend with him and have the relationship with him, the more that dream and that vision begins to grow of who he's called me to be as a man and as a husband and as a father and as a leader or a business person. Are you seeing what I'm saying? It's not this far off dream about sheaves and sheaves bowing. It's about you becoming who God's called you to be. And it doesn't matter what you've done in your past, you can be a dreamer today. You can start running the race for the next generation. God can use every single person in this place. No matter what your story looks like, he can give you today a dream worth living for. He can give you that dream that goes beyond where you currently are. And as I look out, I know that there are people here today, you need a dream to take you beyond where you currently are. Because this, what you are currently experiencing is not what you thought it was gonna be. It's not what you had planned. And the thing is, Big Rich, life throws the curveballs. Life threw Joseph curveballs. But at the end of it all, when his brothers bow, and he's able to help him, the, help them. The, the brothers start freaking out because now, like, the guy who has all the power is the guy that we rejected, and he could end our life. But Joseph says something so profound, and this is what you need to hold on to for your dream. He says, what you meant for evil, God intended for good. You, you sought to destroy me in the pit, but God saw the journey he would take me through from the pit to slavery to prison so that one day I could stand in the palace. And I can stand here in the palace reflecting on the goodness of God because I didn't give up back then. That's, that's what you've got to know when life doesn't look what, like what you thought it would. You've got to know that there is an enemy who's trying to derail you, but you've got a God big enough to work every detail out. And if you'll just hold on to the dream if you'll just be patient in the process, if you'll just keep moving in the right direction, God will get you there. A few weeks ago, I had an actual dream. Like, I'm asleep, had a dream. And in this dream, I stepped into a very large, large auditorium, and it was filled from front to back with people worshiping and singing. And as I took the stage, the people began to sing, he's the dream weaver, He's the dream weaver. He's the dream weaver of my soul. Over and over again. And I woke up from that dream, which had many significant things within it. 
And what came to my mind is God is the one who's putting the dream together and God is the one who will carry it out. He started a good work in me and he'll bring it to completion. I, I may go into some pit moments. I may go into some moments that I don't like, but he, he is going to work it out because he's a good God. He's a faithful God. Church, he is good. He is faithful. If you hold in, on long enough, you will see how good he truly is. And when you're on the other side of it all, that's when you look back and you go, wow. Had it not been for all of that, I would have never been where I needed to be to fulfill my purpose. But everything that the enemy meant to destroy me, every addiction, every heartbreak, every person that walked away, I realized that they were able to walk away because they weren't a part of my dream in the first place. And somebody needs to hear that today. If somebody can exit your life and stay out of your life, it's because you didn't need them for your dream anyway. Keep on moving. Keep your eyes fixed. That's where endurance comes from. Vision will produce the endurance you need to keep on keeping on. My great-grandfather used to always say that, keep on, keeping on. You need to tell yourself, keep on, keeping on. When the struggle's difficult, keep on, keeping on. When I feel like breaking down, keep on, keeping on. When I feel like giving up, keep on, keeping on. When I slip up and go in the wrong direction, keep on, keep on. Because nothing is greater than the work that God has for your life. 